Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is Marla Goldberg hosting Guided Spirit Conversations. And today we have an amazing guest with us. It's about gratitude. And Dr. Carrie Howells has been researching and teaching and talking and coaching gratitude for over 25 years. So Dr. Carrie Howells is a thought leader, author, award-winning educator. Hey, she has spent, like I said, over 25 years researching, teaching, and practicing gratitude, working worldwide with school leaders and teachers, and she has embedded gratitude into all levels of education. Her book, Gratitude in Education, A Radical View, has been used globally to guide educational programs, pedagogy, and many professional book clubs. Carrie is passionate about the role of gratitude in helping students to be more awake in their learning. And the crucial part that teachers and parents can play in this very, very important process, as well as with health leaders to integrated gratitude into palliative care settings. Carrie has a particular interest in cross-cultural lenses of gratitude and their implications for communication and has studied this in Australian Indigenous and African Indigenous cultures. Welcome, Dr. Carrie Howells. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) That is some intro. Wow, you have done so much with your years of learning and practicing and sharing. How did you get started? Were you always grateful for everything you've had? I think I learned uh, through my own spiritual paths, I've learned how the importance of gratitude to our well-being and into, into our, our development of self. But then as an educator, I, I was teaching a philosophy course called Cultural and Ethical Values. And it was a compulsory course, which is always a big challenge for teachers and because students were coming in and they didn't want to be there but they'd just come back from their club med holidays and there was a real mismatch between my passion for teaching this really wonderful course on all the wonderful great philosophers and the relevance of this to their future profession and their attitude which was I don't want to be here so I just stopped teaching them and listen to what their problems were. And they wanted to be engaged, actually, but they didn't know how to be. And they didn't realise that their lack of gratitude and the consequent resentment that they were feeling about being there was actually inhibiting their capacity to learn. So that was a really big turning point for me. And from there, I, I developed that as a research topic way before gratitude was a thing, a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) Which it is today. Which it is today, yes. I was considered a witch at that time amongst my academic peers. Like I was too new age, it wasn't relevant to education, etc. But we've come a long way since then, haven't we? We've come a a big long way since then. Have you heard from any of your former students from that first class to tell you 
how it affected them moving forward in their life? That's a great question. Yes, I have actually. There's one in America who went on to do really wonderful things and he invited me to come. come. And when I was in America recently, he a couple of years ago, he invited me to come and um, talk to his staff and we spent quite a few days together. And he, during COVID, he actually wrote to me and said that he went back to what he learned from me in, in my teaching of gratitude and how much of an influence it had on his capacity to deal with the adversity because he had to let go of a lot of staff and all of those things. So that was a very moving moment for me. So I, I do keep in touch with quite a few of those students because I think it was like a really pivotal time, right time, right place for all of us to have some really deep, honest um, look together about what was going on. And which is so important because, you know, we forget that the glass is really half full, mm. that, that we, we as human beings, not as individuals, you know, are, are become so entitled. Yes. And many don't realize that, you know, if you're not grateful for what you have, how little or how much of it it may be, then mm. you're going to get less than what you're not grateful for. Exactly. Exactly. So what was the big, the biggest thing you learned at the beginning? I know this is 25 years ago. I'm yeah. asking you to go back into the, <laughs> to the safe of your mind. But yeah. what was the, like, the, maybe the top two epiphanies you had when you were researching gratitude and how it really affects the human process? Well, as an educator, I one of the really important realizations I had was the influence of my gratitude on my students. So I started out researching student gratitude, but then I realized that if I walked in not grateful or um, having um, complained in the tea room before my class, that would have a really big influence on my students. So I shifted my my research interest into the role of teachers and parents and leaders on gratitude. So now I won't go into a school and work. Like people say to me, come, come and work out, come and work with my entitled students. And I say, no, I won't do that. I won't do that because it's really influenced by the adults and by the, the people who have positions in, in those roles. That's where gratitude for students can really happen. So I, I was really, really, really influenced by that, the role of gratitude in terms of how it's transmitted by the people who are teaching or who have, have an influence in organisations, for example. So the leaders of organisations have a really big Huge part. part right? It rolls down from the head. It rolls down from the top. So if it the does. top learns about the gratitude, it goes down and trickle the trickle-down effect. The trickle-down effect, it really, really works with gratitude in schools, in organisations, in families. So that, that was an important realisation for me. And I had to work on myself and my own gratitude. And then the other really important aspect that I came to was that it's not enough just to feel grateful, that we need to act on it in some way. So my notion of gratitude is deep gratitude, which is not just about ourselves and what we're I mean it starts there of course by by that emotional response to oh I'm so happy so grateful that I've received this but then the, the the complete gratitude or the deep gratitude is how am I going to act on this in some way to to really show my gratitude to others or to the situation that I'm in and so what do you suggest people do to to bring it forward 
the gratitude? Well, I think it's important to start, like I said, with, with a realisation of what I have received and then to think about how can I give back in some way. And it, it doesn't need to necessarily be reciprocal. So, it, it, you know, we might be grateful in t- taking it back to the school situation. A teacher might be grateful to be teaching in a particular school and they might then express gratitude through greeting their students. And so it's, it's not a tit for tat type thing. It's not an exchange because once it becomes an exchange, it's not gratitude. Right. And, and I also think about it as a practice because in difficult situations, it's really hard to act on gratitude with sincerity and authenticity and meaningfulness, which is what deep gratitude is. So it's about acting on our gratitude, but in a step-by-step way so that we can eventually make that an authentic action. So it might take time to actually move to that level of authenticity. Right. Well, I find that, you know, if you're not grateful, if you really walk around you know, day in and day out, like a grouse, you know, and you're just, you know, complaining about this and that, you're not going to get satisfaction in any way, shape or form. No. So start with the little things. Start with having a toothbrush, having toothpaste, having yes. clothes, a roof over your head, food, whatever, whatever it is. Yes. Because that's the beginning of the snowball effect, in my opinion. That is. You, and, and, the, and the research shows, Marla, that the, the, this is, able to build the resilience as well. So if we, I have this notion that I explore in my book, Gratitude and Education, a Radical View, that this notion of a state of preparedness where uh, we actually think about what we're grateful for wherever we can, like you were saying, our children, our garden, the fact that we've got eyes that can see, our feet, our health, wherever we can start to grow our gratitude and to bring that uh, awareness into our day can really build resilience and really help us to maintain that grateful state. But it's not about being grateful all the time because that's impossible, except for very enlightened beings, <laughs> maybe, because we, we, we don't want to beat ourselves up for not being grateful. No, um, that's very it's true. It's about developing practices so that it eventually becomes part of our personality and part of our character, really. <clears throat> before we got on, I was sharing about how, you know, a zillion years ago before I, you know, I was. I started my gratitude practice. You know, I just go around my day, and when I started my gratitude practice, I found myself singing out loud, badly, but singing out loud nonetheless, in pure joy. And I truly feel that when you start stepping into gratitude, mm. you start feeling more joy in your heart because okay. it, it has nowhere to go but to help warm. Warm and enlarge your heart, not in an illness kind of way, but enlarge your heart with love and happiness and joy. Did you learn that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when we don't have happiness and joy, a really good question is, where's my gratitude gone? Because... That, that is often the, the outcome of not having gratitude is that, it, that we lose our optimism and we lose our hope, sense of hope or connectedness to ourselves mm-hmm. and other people around us. And that's why it's becoming such a really um, popular research topic in so many different fields because it really helps our physical and mental and emotional well-being and social well-being as well. And especially now with COVID, I mean, we're coming out of it but it's slow, but the damage has been done. There's been a lot of mental damage, monetary damage, because of how, how everything has been affected by it. 
How would you suggest people look, not to tell them what to do, but to start a practice, like what they might want to start being grateful for and to start their gratitude practice off on? Well, I think it's really important to be grateful to ourselves, to do things that really nurture ourselves and to really fill our cup with what we can be grateful for, grateful for our strengths, grateful for our capacity to get through this really, really difficult time, grateful for our capacity to connect with other people that we, weren't, we hadn't really co- connected with, grateful for the things that we found out about ourselves that we didn't realise before COVID. And it's hard to go really into the eye of the storm when we're, when, we're, when we're experiencing difficulties. So it wouldn't be I'm grateful for COVID, but it might be yeah. once again the things that we can draw gratitude from and then to express that by looking after ourselves a bit better and nurturing ourselves a bit better. So I'd start there. But there's also I've done quite a lot of thinking about the role of gratitude in grief because it seems like grief it seems to be a really inappropriate time to bring gratitude. <clears throat> but my experience with my friend Sue, who's dying of brain cancer, is really educating me about the role of gratitude because she's so grateful for everything that she has, even though she knows her life is leading, leaving her. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, and, and so... She, she is just really educating me about how much little actions can make a really big difference to help us move out of our grief and how we can actually be grieving and at the same time filling ourselves up with this state of preparedness of gratitude at the same time. We don't need to see them as wiping each other out so we can be true to our grief because gratitude is not about not being true to our true feelings. So... I would imagine in, in the States, for example, because I'm in Australia, but in the States is a hell of a lot of grieving going on. But just to recognise that actions of gratitude can actually help us to take us out of that grief or can help us sustain that grief. But it's not about, as I said, it's certainly not about wiping out one negative feeling with a positive feeling. Gratitude should never be used like that. I, I think you have to honour all the feelings, positive and perceived negative. And I always say perceive negative because what I might find negative, you might not be such a big deal or vice versa. So I yes. just need to explain that to people because they go, what? Perceived? But anyway, um, but it, it makes a difference. And I think that when somebody who's transitioning, who's in their process of, uh, I, I, I don't, I, you know, just going down their path and mm. their path is taking them to the next, the next part of their journey. Because as we all know that the body may fall away, but our soul never, never does. Yes. And we're going to the next journey. My belief is that um, for those who are transitioning, they're actually going into a beautiful place. And the more they can be grateful for what they have and what they're experiencing, because it only gives them the resilience and strength to bring into their next lifetime. Mm, that's and really we- hard, though. It's such a, what you're talking about is such an enlightened view when, 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 because I've experienced what, what I've really, I guess we could explore this more, but how gratitude can really help us in times of pain, extreme pain, which is what COVID sufferers are experiencing. Are dealing with, yeah. yeah. Whether it's their own personal pain or the pain of losing someone dear to them, yes. 
especially when they, you know, they feel the the guilt of, you know, the the person passing alone or holding yeah. a stranger's hand, even though the nurse has been taking care of them. Yes. Yeah. It makes a change. Well, we're going to put out, put this on hold for one second. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. If you're just tuning in, I am talking to Dr. Carrie Howells. And Dr. Carrie has spent over 25 years researching, teaching, and practicing gratitude. She is the author of Gratitude in Education, A Radical View, and we're going to talk about her next upcoming book. This is a teaser, and so stay tuned as I bring back Dr. Carrie Howells. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Myla. So we were talking about the gift of your friend, you know, when we were leaving and going off, Um, but you have a gratitude practice. Mm. Do you... Do you, I'd love to know how you work with your, the people you're coaching uh, in this gratitude practice, uh, how you might start out with them. And now that you're learning a whole nother facet of gratitude, how you may bring something like this into somebody you might be working with. Okay. Yes. So my gratitude practice changes from time to time. It's not, I do have one gratitude practice that I continue every, every night. I keep a gratitude journal and I write down what I'm grateful for. And when I'm in my better times, I also write down how I'm going to express that gratitude in some way and a part of my character that I would like to change from the day before. So that's a really good night for me where I've really um, taken note of what I'm grateful for and, and, to, and to, act, to think about how I'm going to act on it because, as I said before, gratitude has to have 
for me, it has to have those two components of what we're grateful for and how we're going to express it to someone. And then the more we go along this path, the more life throws up a lot of adversity that says, okay, (laughs) now you've got to try and practice gratitude here. And as I was saying before, gratitude as a practice is a really good notion when we're going through hard times or in particular when we're dealing with difficult relationships because our tendency is to push those relationships into our outer circle or squash them down or to think, oh, I've just, I'm just not going to even see that person because they've hurt me. But actually they're the people that possibly really need our gratitude, even though it's counterintuitive to be expressing gratitude to them. So I'm, I work with a practice of one relationship at a time where I really try and take the learning from the difficulties and try and own those difficult, own what this this difficulty is trying to help shape my character, which is what I believe we're here to do is to become a better person every day. So I, I, I use my gratitude practice to learn how I can dig deeply into my gratitude so that it can be, it can go beyond my own ego and beyond my own, limitations and look for the good in that person even though they have hurt me because I think that's a really important key so that's my my gratitude practice that has a lot of power I think that has a lot of power and you're right when somebody has hurt you it's hard to be grateful other than the fact in my opinion that I look at everything as I shared with you as an opportunity gift or a lesson or a combination thereof. So for me, I always tend to look, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Is it patience, tolerance? Am I to be kinder? You know, Mm. I mean, how does this affect me? And how am I able to use it to be a better person? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So gratitude can help us feel more connected to the other person and it can help us to feel a lot more, um, a lot more resilient in going through the hard times and it can help us feel calmer. And in the, in the case of really difficult relationships, it can really help us to be more uh, putting ourselves in their shoes and more empathetic and more compassionate about them. And that, that takes quite a lot of humility and courage because it's, it's actually going against the grain of how we, we tend to operate, unfortunately. And my belief is that we've, we've settled for a real mediocre level of relationships in our lives where we either coexist with a lack of harmony, but we just still have those people in our lives, even though we don't really feel gratitude towards them. Or we just cast those, like I said before, just cast those people aside and, and put them in the too hard basket but I just really believe we've got to really aim for for absolute excellence in our relationships, no matter who they're with. Yeah, that's a beautiful aspiration. Yeah, it's an aspiration. <laughs> it's not a reality. <laughs> well, it can be a reality, but it might not necessarily be. You know, some people are very difficult to have. Um, I mean, you might be great, grateful for what they've brought to you, so that you could learn. But mm. sometimes they're very difficult to have in your presence because yeah. of what they bring to you. So that's why I say aspiration, because we all want to aspire. Well, most of us want to aspire to be better people, especially yes. the ones going down the spiritual path. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> but that's why that's why I like the idea of gratitude as a practice, because we just do one person we just work with one person at a time. 
and work, work with one person just a little bit out of our comfort zone, not the people who are really, really difficult and narky bullies, narcissists or whatever. I'm not talking about to that extreme, but just working with somebody who we feel like we can develop our skills and confidence through gratitude and then build up their capacity one, one person at a time. Which is wonderful. I would like to go back to your coaching practice, though. You have you work with people. Is it in groups? Is it one-on-one? It's one-on-one, yes. So I, I, I'm a gratitude coach, which means that I really focus on people's gratitude practice and help them to develop strategies around this and in particular in particularly in the context of relationships so I take a really relational view of gratitude when I'm in my coaching and my biggest practice is that I try and practice gratitude myself um, Mm -hmm. and and hopefully bring that gratitude model that gratitude in some ways draw on that gratitude to bring wisdom to my coaching but I really focus on on that aspect of their personal development, not other aspects. So I'm not a business leader coach. I'm not um, a well-being coach. My real focus is gratitude. And, well, to help them become the a better, more obviously grateful person, you know, version yeah. of themselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So going from there. Now, your book, I'm going to go with the one you've already written, um, gratitude and education. So is this, I know you, you use it for educators. For educators, yeah. But is this something that like a layman can pick up and read and get, get information or get a lot of rich information from? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It took me 10 years to write this book. So I've plummeted the depths of what gratitude is and its potential. And I've gone into really challenging schools and used them as my case studies. So it's very story led. It's quite narrative with a lot of theory interspersed, but you can jump that if you're not really wanting to go into the theoretical aspects. And I also hold book clubs for this with this book. And I've run over over 25 book clubs now in a variety of different settings. So not only with with educators, I've run them with people who are leaders in other organizations and um, yeah, different people from different walks of life have picked up this book and got something um, valuable from it. So I, I think it is very wide-reaching, this book. I can't imagine people picking up this book and not getting some, you know, just a basket full of pearls of wisdom. Yes. From it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've actually got it here. I've got it here, and it, it's, um, it, it's, it's got this picture at the, here of, of, a, um, of a drop into a pond, and it's this part, part – on one side, it's quite murky. The pond's murky. On the other side, it's got these really beautiful purple and and um, fluorescent colours. And my my purpose in that is to demonstrate number one that one practice makes a really big ripple effect. Yes. And and also that the murkiness, like to practice gratitude in the murky areas of our lives, is really really important. And so this book is about the role of gratitude in that murkiness. So I'm not I'm not hiding. I, I'm, because I'm a philosopher, I'm really into the dilemmas and the challenges of gratitude. <clears throat> so I'm not writing this book. <clears throat> sorry, I'm not writing this book from the perspective of a of a psychologist. It's much more of a philosophical, self development type perspective. And sometimes you have to go into the murky to be able to find again the gift in it, and then yeah. come out and be grateful for that gift because. 
you know, we're put into all different kinds of situations and we're put into them because to me, I mean, they're all stepping stones to growth. And in that murkiness, you have to find the stepping stones to growth to get out of the murky into, you know, like it's almost like uh, the visual is you see these pebbles, these uh, stepping stones going from the murky into that beautiful fluorescent blue purpley color that you add. Absolutely. So I've got one chapter in here is called Gratitude in Adversity and another chapter is called Gratitude in Toxic Waters. Oh, and many, many of my readers pick up this book and they look at the, the contents and they go straight to those two chapters. So yep. I, I think it's quite intuitive that you practice gratitude in when, it, when it, it's easy, but it's really hard, to, when, you know, we've got to talk about it where it's really hard to access. And the many challenging schools that I've been into, gratitude seems like the least relevant thing to what they're doing in their day because it doesn't speak seemingly speak to anything that's going on in terms of the, the day-to-day challenges for teachers and leaders. But so even it's really, really relevant. <laughs> it's very, very relevant. And the bottom line, in my opinion, of course, is that if you can't find gratitude in having chalk for your students or books for your students or really sage wisdom or guidance to help them realize that it's not as dark as they might they might feel to them in the moment. Yes. Just again the roll down effect. You know, then when they learn that they can really highlight or spotlight really positive things in a sea of what might seem like we'll go back to the murky word. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And mm. how fortunate they have you to be able to point this out to them, guide them to let them know how they can help themselves, which then they can use to help their students. Yes. And their other, and how they deal with their other, their other teachers, their other faculty. Mm. Yeah. Because there's yeah, that's, many that's where a lot of the pain often li- lives in, is in the conflict between colleagues. Very much so. I can definitely imagine that mm. and, and how they can get, get out of it. Now, you are, oh, first of all, where do we get this book? Is that Amazon? Amazon, or? yeah, Amazon and Brill, Brill Publishers is where you can get it as well. Okay, so remember that. And um, you have another book that's coming out, you said in a few months. Yes. And we'll just do a broad stroke. We don't need to get into, I know that you had requested that um, we do a little bit on this, but yeah. no, but we want to make it a surprise in the book. So we don't want yeah. to give out too many of those Pearls of Wisdom. So let's talk about the name Gratitude and Resentment, Untangling Difficult Relationships. Mm. We all have them. We all have them, yes. We all have them, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And, and this is coming to the main pain point that I've found in my research is the difficult relationships. That's so, where the pain lives, yeah. It does. It definitely does. So how do you untangle without giving away too much of this information, but, you know, even start untangling difficult relationships with gratitude? Do you have any like tips, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. So just to recognize that gratitude and resentment are conceptual opposites. So where you have gratitude, you can't have resentment 
And where you have resentment, you can't have gratitude. So it doesn't mean that they don't both coexist in our hearts. But uh, if you're trying to express gratitude to someone, uh, what it can often illuminate for us is that actually I can't do this in a meaningful and sincere way because I'm actually seething with resentment. So gratitude shows us where we have resentment and we need to first of all work on our resentment before we can actually practice gratitude in an authentic way. So in the name of gratitude, I've written this book so that we can actually address the, the, the key question that keeps coming up for me amongst all my audiences around the world is I get gratitude, but how can I move past my resentment so that I can practice gratitude sincerely? So I've written this book to really answer that question. So the book's like an interplay between gratitude and resentment and, and where, they, where, they, where they play out in various as dilemmas in our lives like workplace conflict and perfectionism, betrayal, disappointment and um, all those sorts of kind of conflict dilemmas. Yeah. And the list goes on and on and the on. The list goes on and on, yes. I mean, there's family conflict where... You know, it just gets really ugly, and yeah. And then you sit there and say, "Okay, what, what, what can I be grateful about? This being called this or having this done to me." So, yeah. but you'll have to stay tuned to the book is uh, launched, which will be approximately in two months. In two months' time, so May right, around May, May or June, May or June, and we'll find that on Amazon as well. Yes, yes, and Brill and Brill dot com. No, not Brill. Just Amazon. Just Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I, I, I just think that this is going to be a big seller because so many Group. people need this one. But That's we're going to go on. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> uh, let's go on a quick break, and we're going to come back and do our charity shout out and talk a little bit more about gratitude. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Dr. Carrie Howells. Now, Dr. Carrie is an award-winning educator. She has spent over 25 years researching, teaching, and practicing gratitude. I love it. And she is uh, an author of Gratitude in Education, A Radical View, which is really focused on leaders and educators, but has lots of pearls of wisdom for the average person like me. Or And Carrie, Dr. Carrie has a new book coming out in May, Gratitude and Resentment, Untangling Difficult Relationships. Now, this book, everyone, is for the everybody. And I think absolutely everyone could use this book because we all have difficult relationships. Mm. And so if this can help us maneuver things with more grace and more ease, how beautiful will that make life? So welcome back, Carrie. Thank you. It is charity shout-out time. But before we go to charity shout-out, I want to put out, check out Dr. Carrie Howells at www.carriewithawhowells.com. Dot com. She's got an Instagram at Dr. Carrie Howells. And then we've got, uh, if you want to write Dr. Carrie and ask her a question or work with her, Dr. Carrie Howells at gmail.com. Okay, so charity shout out time, which is one of my favorite times. We always promote a charity of our guests to spotlight and bring attention to the charity, what it's about, what, what their needs might be. And yours is the Australian Himalayan Foundation. Yes. Share with me, please, about the organization. Well, it's an organization that looks after the the education and health needs of really suffering people in the Himalayas, in Nepal, uh, post-earthquake. It's based in Australia to try and, where where I'm from, to try and generate um, interest, but it could be from everywhere around the world. It's. I, I have a really big soft spot for Nepal. I've got a lot of connections. My my daughter is half Nepalese, but that's not the reason why I I I'm calling for this this charity. It's really more that I went to Nepal post earthquake and I could really see the devastation and yet the amazing gratitude that they greet their days with. It's just really inspired me and really taught me a lot about gratitude in a Western context. We've just gotten no idea. So I think that Nepal really needs our help and especially the young children who who don't have an education where we we just take it for granted so much. The thing about the, the best way that we can express gratitude in education is to to really see it as a privilege and as a gift rather than something that is just sort of outright and when you go to places like Nepal where they're just finding it hard to put food on the table let alone have an education and how much they treasure learning it's really put a different it's really educated me about gratitude so that's my personal kind of way into this organization to be able to really help more children have education and have just sanitization and and healthy, a healthy life because it's so hard for so many over there. And a sanitary life because there are sanitary mm-hmm. issues over there as well. There are, yeah. Which we, and again, we take it, we, you know, we expect, we take it for granted because really we haven't known anything else. 
That's and right. And these individuals are the other way around. They're mm. like the pioneers we used to be, but are no longer. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. And you so there's quite a, quite a few people in Australia from Nepal who've got together with this organization. And so I really appreciate that as well, because even though they've got a luxurious situation, they haven't forgotten how hard it is for their for their families and their fellow Nepalese people. So I really love the fact that they're really acting here on behalf on their behalf and not leaving them behind, which is another really lovely thing about this organization. Well it's so it's so love filled. There's so much yeah. beauty and love in, involved in wanting to help somebody else. Yes, exactly. That's, That's why I love this segment. This segment segment of your show is so important, Marla. So thank, thank you. Thank you. It's important to me too. So I'm glad you bring this to light. Because unless you're aware, you're not aware. Exactly. So, yeah. so if everybody, if you're interested in learning more, you want to help the Nepalese children, the Australian Himalayan Foundation.org.au. Don't forget the .au because it will guide you to the right place. And you can see where you can help, how you can help, and read more about bringing things that we take for granted to them, which they truly need desperately. Mm. So, perfect. Thank you. Okay, so I wanted to repeat one more time, though, Carrie, that your new book coming out in May, mm. which is, I have it written here, I just said it, um, Gratitude and Resentment, Untangling Difficult Relationships, is for the average individual. It's yes. not an educational book. That's right. Yes, and, and it really helps us to go deeply into why we have resentment, what causes it, and how the, the role that gratitude can play to help us take one step at a time through a gratitude practice out of resentment so that we can have le- less toxic relationships and better sleep because resentment causes, causes us to ruminate and, and causes insomnia and to really help us to, to really uh, achieve our best self in terms of our everyday relationships. So it deals with the everyday resentments, not the more traumatic ones. So I need to make that distinction really clear. Yeah. Well, so I, I, think, I think every one of your readers is going to get something from it. I can't wait till it comes out because I think I can get something out of it. I'm not, you know, I'm still growing. I'm still educating myself. And Mm. I think that education is a lifelong process. You know, it doesn't stop because you've got a degree. Yes. You know, curiosity continues. Wanting to know continues. So um, I have gratitude in the fact that this book is going to come out and it's going to be so very, very helpful for so many. Mm. So you have some research on the cross-cultural aspects of gratitude. Can we talk a little bit about that in our few minutes that we have left? Yes, yes. So there's a there's a really important aspect to the deep gratitude that I'm talking about, which means that we really need to express gratitude in ways that are meaningful to the other person. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's that the way we like to give and receive gratitude is relevant to them. So, with um, especially in 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 for people who are from a different culture to us, that can be extremely different. And so, we need to get to know them and their culture first before we can actually express gratitude in a meaningful way. So, my my small understanding, and I've done a little bit of research with Australian Indigenous gratitude, 
which is which I'm not generalizing across all Australian Indigenous people. But my understanding is in, in some um, parts of Australian Indigenous cultures, they don't have a word for thank you because they don't need it because their whole culture is based on a spirit of gratitude because they work on a theory of, on, on a principle of interconnectedness. So our individualised gratitude is very common in the West, but for them, when they feel gratitude, it's gratitude on behalf of their whole um, nation or their whole uh, sort of tribe or or country people and so gratitude is much more interrelational and so in order to express gratitude sincerely to the Australian Indigenous people in, the, in that context, you wouldn't necessarily be thanking them directly because they would just think that's whitefellas stuff and they don't need that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they don't have gratitude because it can be interpreted as, oh, they don't need our gratitude. But the way in which you would express gratitude meaningfully would be to go and build a relationship with the elders who 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 are responsible for the child you might be teaching and then to say thank you to that elder for what you are expressing gratitude for. And that's truly deep gratitude because you found a way to express gratitude really meaningfully. And then the other context that I've worked in is in the African Indigenous context in South Africa. I was a visiting scholar and a Zulu educator invited me to come over and we explored the role of gratitude in Zulu culture and it's very, very deeply ingrained in their culture. And if you don't express gratitude, you are considered uncivilized. So gratitude is a really important part of who you are as a person and your content, the whole fabric of the African indigenous culture is, is, is based around, traditionally based around this notion of Ubuntu, which again is about our essential interconnectedness. So gratitude provides a really important fabric to, the, to keep our interconnectedness strong. So that's how important gratitude is in each of these cultures. But it can, if we're coming to it from a Western perspective, we can miss the nuances and we can miss how to express gratitude in meaningful ways. And that's just in, in, my, in my new book, I've got a whole chapter on cross-cultural enrichment. So readers can find out more. I've, I've given examples from Iran, Pakistan, China, African indig- Indigenous and Australian Indigenous. And that's kind of shaping up to be a next book for me because it's so fascinating, um, the, the, different, the, the different nuances and how much it can teach us about gratitude and our own gratitude. And, and it makes me feel very impoverished <laughs> when I listen to Vusi, my, my counterpart in South Africa, like when I listen to him and all the rich ways in which they express gratitude. It's, it's so ever-present in their culture. How do they express it? Uh, they express it through gifts. They express it through giving a little bit more than what they can give. So their gratitude is always, how can I step out of my own comfort zone so that I can give in a measure? They express it especially a lot through their families to, ex- to, to, to help their families survive. They look for poor people in their, in their community and they try and express their gratitude by helping those poor people and that's what keeps the fabric of the society together. Yeah. 
and they and they they have they have lots of days gratitude days so a lot of this is passed down orally it's not in written words so we don't know about it and when i was there it was just like this this rich treasure treasure trove that hasn't been explored um, of different ways in which they express gratitude so they have parent gratitude days they have children gratitude days they've got a lot of rituals around gratitude with food I think that's amazing. And it's tribal knowledge that they pass down from generation to generation. Yes. One day somebody will, maybe that's part of what your book will have, that will share their, you know, ways that us Westerners might go to their countries and be able to show them gratitude in a way that is an honoring of their of their traditions and their ways Absolutely. of doing it. Yes. Yes. So the best way to get to know somebody from a different culture is actually to ask them how they express gratitude, because gratitude is such an important fabric of the way in which we all communicate, that if we express it in inappropriate ways or don't express it in the way the other person wants to, it can actually hurt them and be a seed of conflict. So that, that shows me how important gratitude is to the, our everyday communication in our lives more generally. And what a great icebreaker. How yes. do you convey gratitude? Yes. That's, that would be a really, it's a really honoring way of getting to know somebody. Absolutely. Carrie, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I am so grateful to you for taking the time and getting up extra early to mm. be a part of today and sharing your wisdom and your and the 25 years of research. Not that you've shared every bit of it, but you've shared a great <laughs> a great broad stroke to get people interested. So please, everyone, check out Dr. Carrie Howells at drcarriehowells.com. Check out the Instagram, her new book, well, her former book, which is, help me please, Carrie, oh, Gratitude and Education, A Radical View. And please mark down on your calendars to check for May, somewhere May, June, for the new book, Gratitude and Resentment, Untangling Difficult Relationships. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marla. I want to thank everyone at Voice America for all you do, how you help me get the show up and running each and every week. Thank you. Bridget, right arm, left arm. Don't know what I'd do without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank you, the listeners, for taking the time out of your day, out of your life, to be a part of this show. And I'm hoping, praying, because my intention is that you will receive some beautiful pearls of wisdom that will help you in your day-to-day life, enhancing, tweaking, shifting, whatever it is you feel you need. And as always, I send you love, I send you blessings, and I send you gratitude. Know how loved you are, because you are, and how grateful I am to have you in my life in whatever capacity it is, because you are special in your own right. So thank you, and stay well, and until next week, take care.